Sometimes change can feel scary, but it can also be exhilarating. A time to stretch our boundaries, embrace opportunity, and start something new. Welcome to the Baby Brunch Parenting Series, made just for you by BrightRock, the provider of the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. This is a Baby Brunch Podcast. Sometimes as mommies, we have to change so much about ourselves to make sure that our babies are fine. Having a baby is already a change moment and raising them just gives another dynamic because after pregnancy, there's also a baby to look after. And I always say a baby keeps growing. So you kind of have to educate yourself and you have to add on those layers of having to just know your baby or having to know yourself all the time because life doesn't stop. It doesn't wait for anyone. Today we have a story of, of healing, a story of, of yay, uh, an incredible moment where you literally saw light because you found answers. It's really good to have you in my chair, Lydia. Thank you. It's really good to be here. Tell me about growing up. Where are you from? I actually, I'm half American, half British. So I was born in America and then moved to England when I was 11 and was there till I was 21. Did you always want to be a mom? Yes. <laughs> I come from a family of seven. Oh, wow. So um, that was my dream. I'm a teacher. I love kids. Yes, I wanted to be a mom <laughs> from very young. Tell me about about your pregnancy. You married to who you call in one of your blogs an incredible dad you really want to start a family yeah Ach, we fell pregnant four months into our marriage so but that was that was what we wanted we really wanted to have kids and to experience that um yeah and i had a good pregnancy nothing really went wrong up until the very end actually so um yeah we didn't have any any warning signs of of any problems um and you're coming from a big family. My mom was very um, adamant that we have natural birth. And um, that was my hope and dream. Yeah. And then I actually went on maternity leave just three months before, uh, three weeks before. So I left my crazy grade one class <laughs> ready for three nice weeks of peace. Um, and that Saturday, I, at midnight, I actually started bleeding very heavily. And we rushed into hospital and... Paige was born via an emergency C-section within the hour. Um, so, yeah, that was <laughs> a very traumatic start to life. And so, so it didn't end up being that peaceful? No, it wasn't. I had candles bought and was all prepared for the birth pool. And <laughs> did, you, did you also do the mixtape, like music? Yeah, I had everything. <laughs> <laughs> I had the tape, never got to use it. Uh, so yeah. I don't even know where my music is. I think I recorded it and was about to use it. And I also, I had an emergency <laughs> season with my first baby and I also never got to listen to it. I should actually find it and play it back to her yeah. now that she's three years old and go, hey, this would have been your music, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, and I remember my own feeling around wanting a natural birth and having to have an emergency Caesar, you're almost disappointed and you feel like, almost like you're disappointing others. Hmm. Did you have that feeling, having your baby and having to take her out earlier? Yeah, definitely. I was, even as they were wheeling me into theatre, I was telling them, no, no, I'm going to have her naturally. Leave mm. me alone. 
Um, and my husband had actually been taken away to do paperwork, so he wasn't there. And I'm saying, ask him, ask him. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was with a midwife and she was very reassuring that, you know, I don't have a choice because mm. um, my placenta had broken away from the from the uterus. So, yeah, Paige literally had <laughs> minutes. So, yeah, I mean, it's good we are all <laughs> at the end of the day, we are just happy that we were all healthy and fine you mm. know and it took a few days to kind of accept that that is what happened and then and then yeah you just kind of get over it and realize well now I've got this baby and <laughs> you know how many weeks did you carry her uh 37 oh wow she was born at 37 weeks yeah I saw her earlier she's healthy yeah no she's, she's good. a beautiful baby she really is so she are you is. you you are very photogenic and your eyes sparkle so <laughs> I, I think she you do she got she got oh, that from you <laughs> When she arrived and and did she did you go to ICU? No, actually we were very lucky. She was two point two, so wow. very small. But we went straight straight to the normal wards and were home within by the third day. Yeah. Did you cope when she came home? Were you fine? Mm. <laughs> I, she wasn't breastfeeding well. She wasn't latching. So yeah, we don't have family here in Pretoria, mm. so it was tough. It was very tough. Um, I just. Suddenly, all these, I thought it was going to be, you know, rocking a baby to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly it was just, it was just crazy, you know. She wouldn't feed, she wouldn't grow. She was very jaundiced. It was, it was scary, I think. What were one of the first things you did when you got home and you realized that I'm going to need some help? For us, we really wanted to try and bond with her and not get in. A lot of, you know, friends or moms of friends actually offered to come around because mm -hmm. we didn't have um you know in-laws and or my family there but we didn't I didn't feel comfortable with that I really wanted to just you know try and bond with her and and you know almost figure it out but I, there was a lot of phone calls <laughs> back mm -hmm. and forth to my mom it's it's just a natural thing you kind of just I don't know your life is so changed upside down tell me about it <laughs> Two months into your baby's growth and now she's she's fine and you are better. <laughs> mm. What did you notice? What did you see that concerned you? Yeah, so we were we were finally mastering the breastfeeding, everything was going so well, and then she started developing like scales on her scalp. Um so we just thought it was cradle cap yeah. uh, and treated it for that. Um, but I mean, within days, it started spreading down her face, um, her forehead, and then um, her cheeks, and then just over the next few weeks, over her entire body just was covered in this red, scaly rash. Did you get a diagnosis on it? Yeah, we asked. Um, I'd grown up with bad eczema, so actually, I immediately assumed that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and then yeah our assumption was confirmed by the sister at the clinic and another doctor who said yeah it's definitely eczema um what did they give you what treatment did they offer yeah so then it's creams um and they immediately ask you and they all ask the same questions what are you bathing her in and mm. um, make sure nothing's scented make sure her clothes are made of cotton her linen is cotton um and be careful about what you wash your clothes with. Sounds expensive. Mm, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we were doing that all from the beginning because I 
with my eczema background knew that you must avoid all of that. So, um, ugh, luckily I can sew. So I sewed her clothes out of oh, cotton. Bless. And um, yeah, the problem was then that um, as the weeks went by, it actually got worse, not better. How, how bad was it? Um, yeah, I mean, at, at times it was literally blisters that were oozing all pus. over her body, all over. Um, you could hardly touch her. Yeah, just thinking about it is horrible. Um, I don't, I don't think anybody wants to see. You don't want to see your baby suffering, you know. And she was just covered. Um. And if I luckily it was winter, so she would wear long sleeves and long pants. But mm. um, you know, there were times where I literally couldn't bath her because I would just cry so much because I felt so bad that she was in pain and there was nothing I could do about it. Um, yeah, it was horrible. Was it in her mouth as well, or no, was it? not in her mouth? Mm. Um, yeah, just face, arms, tummy, back, legs. Yeah, it's everywhere. Mm, everywhere. Um, I think the worst part for me was that people noticed, you know, and mm. it looked bad and, and we, her body was the worst, but that was covered. So when we would go out, it was just her face showing. And I was kind of confident that she looked fine because her face compared to the rest of her body was mm. much better. But people would stop you and say, what's wrong with your baby? What's oh. on her face? Why don't you try this? Did people um, make it worse by asking? Yeah. <laughs> much worse why do you think they do i don't know i don't understand why people feel that it's their right to even approach you about that you know they don't know me um and it's every time it hit me like mm. i'm doing something wrong i'm not a good mom i'm not looking after my baby because the way they approached me was like i'm clearly not doing something right because look at my child you're a great mom <laughs> thank you we talk about this a lot. I, I've i made a video once where I appeal to strangers and to, to mommies and especially older mommies, grannies, to, to just be careful what they say about our children and to not just reach out and touch them or to be mindful mm. of what they say and ask. Because you never know. You never know where that mommy is at or what she's thinking, what's going through her head. Even sometimes when people offer help, it feels like they're interfering, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like you say, you want to you wanna try and do it by yourself. Mm. It's your baby. Yeah. My baby. And you know? I should know what to do because I'm, I'm the with mom. her all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so stop asking me. <laughs> and everybody has a cousin or a, you know, a sister's child who also has eczema, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or my child has eczema behind the knees and this is what we use, you know, and I'm like, it's all over her. <laughs> did any of their advice help? <laughs> I think we, we listened initially. What a did little you do? Bit. I mean, what, what kind of advice would they give? Would they say bath her and what? What would they say? So it would be, don't bath her with scented soap. And then we'd be like, we are not, you know. <laughs> and then it would be, use this cream. And we're like, we've we already did. spent thousands. Oh, but this is a miracle cream. No. So that was the problem. Like eventually, if you started, if you literally went and followed people's advice, you mm. could spend thousands. And we did initially um, because each 
cream, we thought, okay, well, it worked for them. So, you know, we were desperate. Um, you saw a normal doctor. You got the advice from people on the street, the cousins, the sister's cousins. Did you see a homeopath? <laughs> yeah. So eventually we did because we, I didn't want to go the cortisone route, and that's what the doctor prescribed, mm. um, which really isn't good for especially a baby's skin. I don't think it's good for anyone. Yeah. Um, it works quickly, though. No, it does. It's amazing. It's great for voice. Oh. Cortisone pulls will have you singing like a nightingale. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> True story. I speak for a living. So it's one of the things they put you on if okay. you've got ENT problems, like mm. most of us. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that is really a miracle cream. It works, <laughs> you know, within an hour. Um, but I didn't, I mean, that's for a solution to put mm. that on three times a day is on crazy. On a young baby. How yeah. old was she at the time when you think it was really bad? How old was she? Well, it was four and a half months when we eventually went to the homeopath. So it had been from two months. So about two and a half months mm. of just struggling with trying everything. Did everything. you sleep? No, none of us slept. We had to get Velcro to Velcro her arms to her body. You taped her arms? Mm, with Velcro down around her body because she scratched so much and she was losing weight because she was, the doctor said she's um, burning all her calories because yeah, yeah. she could not sit, uh, lie still. W- so, would, yeah. would she feed when you breastfed her? Uh, yeah, yeah. So at least the breastfeeding at that point was going quite well. Um, but yeah, my husband and I would just take turns at night. He would do weekends holding her down and then in the day as well. You could not, I couldn't even make a cup of tea because I couldn't leave her. She would scratch till it bled. And then we'd put socks on her hands and she would rub so much that it would, like a carpet burn, just rub Mm. off the skin off her face. By that point, I was a mess. I just stopped going anywhere. I stayed at home. I I couldn't go to the shops because people would comment and... It would make me cry. <laughs> mm. um, you know, I had its meltdown in the mall once and, you know, it's just awkward. And then people are looking at you. Because they think, what's wrong with her? Yeah. Uh, with this baby covered in rash. And she, when she got stressed, then it would flare up even worse. Mm. So, yeah, the one point I, I went to meet a friend for coffee and I went to go to the bathroom and left Paige with my friend. And she got so scared because now I'd left and the the rash was so bad by that point um and we had to rush home and after that we just you know my husband and I sat down and we said we can't take her out anymore for now it's just just too bad it's it's just too bad the stress is too much for her I'm emotionally not coping so we just stayed at home which was also also not, not good yeah we didn't see people we didn't go places yeah, and that's the point where we were like, okay, hey, let's try the homeopath. You know? What did the homeopath say? So he said, oh, we're definitely in the right place. This is definitely eczema. Um, and he had eczema growing up and he was cured by homeopathic treatments. And he's so pleased that we've come. He is going to heal this rash. Did it work? Oh, so, so his method is to flush it out the body. So he gave us all Flush. these strange little drops that we had to give her and creams. Flush Spencer. the eczema out of her body. And, yeah. Okay. So they say their alternative is yeah to to medicate and flush it out. So it's going to get worse for Before it gets a little bit, and then it's but the worst is actually it flushing out, and then it will be 
Perfect. Sorry, I'm scratching my head because I'm thinking that she's a young baby and you are hoping for an answer and you finally got it, right? Mm. No, we were so excited. Okay, I was more excited than my husband. <laughs> he was very skeptical from the beginning. But I was like, this is going to work, you know. And and this doctor was so positive and, mm. you know, convinced really that he was going to cure her. Did they prescribe anything for you? I had to take, I can't think what it was. There was a few like health things and I wasn't, he said I mustn't eat red meat. I don't know what the point of that was, but anyway. <laughs> um, so I did, I did those things. But yeah, then um, it was because I was breastfeeding. So he said something about red meat going through is going to make the eczema worse. I don't know. Oh, probiotics. That's what he put me on. Right. Mm -hmm. So up until this point, you've tried everything. You've tried advice. You've seen the homeopath. Did it help your baby? No. <laughs> so within, I would say, probably by the next day, the rash was getting worse. Then it was weekend. I think I took her on a Thursday. Over the weekend, she just, like, it was probably triple, you know, Having, having got worse um, times three or four, her entire body. Then she was just screaming and, you know, there was nothing we could do. I was bathing her three times a day and three times a night in cold water. So just, that it was the cool only relief. Yeah. yeah. So she'd lay in the bath and then as soon as she was out, she'd start itching again and crying. And that Monday then I called him and I said, listen, you know, she's looking so bad. And he just there. That's what I wanted to hear. Oh, dear. And I said, but I can't, I can't do this. Like, you know, I'm not coping. My baby's not sleeping. Mm. She's, you know, we're going crazy. And he said, just be patient. It needs to flush out. Give it a week and then come back to me for a follow-up. So. Did you continue with that kind of treatment? We did. We oh, did. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a medical practitioner. I work in entertainment. <laughs> But I can guarantee you, I don't think I enjoy the, I don't think I would enjoy something getting worse before it gets better. Mm, I, I no. don't, I want something, if you're going to, if I'm going to pay you money, I want something to get better. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I want it to get better now. Yeah, no, definitely. I got, I think his philosophy behind it was so convincing though, that to, you have to flush it out. So that's what I kept saying. It's flushing out. It's flushing out. He should be a motivational speaker then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> he was very convincing. <laughs> but yeah, so we stuck with it and for maybe a week further. Your baby is in agony. What 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 helped? What how did you fix it? Um so yeah, after about another week I called him and I just said I'm cancelling my appointment. Actually, I was too shy. I said, I have flu. I can't come to oh, my appointment because <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, I don't know. I didn't Why want not? to be. Why didn't you tell him that I think it's not working? I told him in an email, but you know, on the phone, I just said I had the flu. <laughs> I think that's my personality. No, I think, I think it's most of us because we think that we think that we can't tell people about our own kids, mm. you know? Plus, it was facing the fact that I'd made a massive mistake by putting her through this, I think. Mm. Yeah, I didn't want to admit that I'd made her so much worse. Because here's the thing. I had to realize it recently as well, that that health practitioners and doctors, they're also people. Mm. 
And dentists are people too. And sometimes you don't get along with your dentist, so you just don't go back. But that's your choice because you're paying for a service and you want to work with people who you get along with. I've had a pediatrician before that I took my daughter to and I don't think I'll go back because I didn't like the way she treated me and I didn't like the way she pinched my daughter's tummy and said, look at you and your mom runs. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because people sure. say the darnest things. Yeah. You know? Do you have the support of, of a mommy group? Yeah, actually, I'm on two mommy WhatsApp groups, mm-hmm. um, which I was very hesitant to join. I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, the one has been so amazing. Um, Why did it help? What happened? So what happened was actually, it was probably the same week that we stopped going to the homeopath. One of the moms messaged on this group um, just to let everyone know um, her son's skin is completely clear and she um, had posted like weeks before, actually I think before I was even part of the group, that she was going to try eliminating foods out of her diet. Ah. Um, And his skin is clear. And that was the first time I'd ever kind of made the, con- I don't know, it was like food and skin. So no doctors had ever suggested that. Um, that you cut out certain foods in order to save her skin? So that, that foods that you eat can cause reactions through your breast milk. Um, that is the first I'd kind of heard that that wow. was. Okay, so that sounds really simple, but no one has even thought about it up until this point. Yeah, no one had thought about it. And actually, the the kind of information that's out there is that um, the proteins in food don't pass through your breast milk, um, except for, I think, dairy. So they'll often say stop dairy, but there's – and it is it is slightly rare. I think not all moms, the proteins pass through the milk. So, so it is only a small um, percentage, but nobody had ever kind of put that thought in my head. What did you cut out? So yeah, at that point, I actually messaged her privately. She's now become one of my closest friends, actually. Oh, and we've walked this the last six, seven months now mm. um, very closely. Um, but yeah, so she explains me about the top eight allergen foods. I don't know if you know no, what I those don't. are. What are they? So that's fish, um, shellfish, eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, dairy, soy, and gluten. That's all my favorite food. Yeah. <laughs> when she told me that, I said, I won't. I won't manage. No. <laughs> so, so she cut out these particular foods and that cleared up her baby's skin? She actually noticed when she ate certain things that he was reacting. So she didn't do this. Um, she didn't cut out the allergens like I was thinking of doing. What was the first thing you did and did it work? So they say you must eliminate slowly so that you can see a change. Um, So we had actually two incidents that week. Um, One, I was at a friend's and they were eating carrot cake. Right. Um, I didn't eat any. And then one friend was holding Paige and Paige had a complete hives body, full body reaction that evening. So I traced it back to there were nuts on top of the cake and they had had it on their hands I guess Um, she's allergic to nuts so yeah so that was all that was sort of a light bulb moment and then that weekend we went to an event and there was fish 
and I ate fish and shellfish and we got home and she was again covered in hives. We had to put her in the bath. Um, so yeah, from that day I stopped um, fish, eggs and peanuts and nuts. That was very hard for me because I'm a peanut butter yeah. addict. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm just a food addict. I, if you had to tell me to cut out food, I'll just say, just give me the quarter zone cream. <laughs> Especially when you're breastfeeding and you're so hungry. Bath in the cream. <laughs> oh, did it work? No. So those three, it was probably three weeks. Then there was no change. I was taking daily photos of her skin, and I was writing down. So you kept a food and skin diary. Yeah. Call it that. So writing everything I ate, um, every time I applied cortisone, um, thing that changed, what the weather was like, because it seemed to fluctuate when it's warmer it hot or mm. cold um so i was writing everything but we weren't noticing much so then i think it was about three weeks then i dropped dairy which i was very worried about because i love <laughs> cheese you and mean like all dairy and a little bit of all dairy whole milk no so the thing is it takes a few weeks to actually get out of your system, system. out of your mm-hmm. milk so it will be silly to even have a sip of milk because now you're starting again if you think about it like that so yeah did you cut it out completely yeah to this day i have not licked one piece of chocolate (laughs) i can see that you're so lean (laughs) (laughs) the greater postpartum diet (laughs) so the so the day you cut out milk did the skin clear up did she was she healed so the dairy takes a few weeks so i was prepared okay that's going to take a while but she had been vomiting up a lot after most feeds as well as mm. all the rashes and everything. So after a, a, like a week or two of dairy, I started noticing she was vomiting less, but her skin was still very bad. Um, so yeah, then I was, my the one I really didn't want to cut out was um, gluten. So yeah, mm. all grains, not just wheat. So everything that contains gluten. Um, and that's including down to bry spice that has gluten in, down to bry spice uh, has gluten in it. has gluten in it. You know, once you start looking, you you find. So you yeah, could, you could probably find gluten in dust. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you. So you cut out all these things. Did it work? So finally, so that was the eighth allergen I cut out, and exactly ten days after gluten. So now I've not been on any of these foods. Uh, 10 days after gluten, um, she looked like a different child. We woke up and she was, yeah, I mean, I've got photos of what it was like the day I stopped gluten and the day that I, um, 10 days later, she was, her skin was like a normal color. The rashes were gone. Are you trying to tell me that, so you eliminated all these foods by the eighth food, your baby woke up with with clear skin. She was mm. she was looking like I don't want to say normal because you know our our abnormal is our normal. You yeah, know? but it worked. Mm. So it worked. Yeah, amazingly. How, how long has it been since you have introduced any of those foods? So that was when she was seven months. So December, end of November. So. Um, wow. Yeah, so we cleared all of that out of our house. And and do you you not have it in your home at all? Does your husband consume it? Uh, if he's not at home. So 
and I can get to this when I tell you about the actual diagnosis, but she is what they call touch sensitive. So if you are eating a piece of bread and are holding her, she will react to the crumbs on your hands. So to have, to have it in the house is, you know, if she has a play date and crawls on the floor at a friend's house, she gets rashes. Yeah. So, so, after you cut out the foods, did you take it to someone for an actual diagnosis? Did they do a prick test or did they do any, um, did they draw bloods? Mm. Um, so okay. we went for full bloods at an allergy clinic and what they call a scratch test. Right. So they actually scratch the allergens into into the skin on the back and then you watch the reactions happen in front of your eyes. And... Um, I was so convinced that she was not allergic to dairy because we hadn't seen a big change. Mm. So I'd already got a big bar of chocolate that I was going to have when I got home. (laughs) And then the first one she actually reacted to very badly was, unfortunately, the dairy. So What else is she allergic to? So, yeah, her her diagnosis was then that she's allergic to um, eggs, all gluten and grains and anything containing gluten, uh, dairy and nuts and peanuts wow so so finally you had an eureka moment but now you had homework to do you had to go home and eat very carefully very carefully once they did the diagnosis and you so okay your allergy clinic did the did the testing did did you get advice from a dietitian of what to make i actually didn't um instead of going to dietitian i actually my mom told me that my cousin who I don't know, I didn't grow up with her. She's in America. She has a son who's um, apparently very similar or they had a similar story. Mm. So I got in contact with her immediately and um, her son actually has the same allergies as Mm. Paige, the same diagnosis. So she started sending recipes, what to buy. The thing is America has (laughs) everything for allergies. Unfortunately here there's very little or it's, crazy expensive but yeah I mean that started then a network of connections with moms Mm -hmm. who have allergy children and in a way they've been the biggest support the biggest help I mean we share recipes ideas if someone finds something they can make that they share (laughs) to all of us Um, I'm smiling because I saw your baby earlier and she's perfect and she's beautiful and I can't imagine that for so long you didn't know you Mm. know or no one knew yeah. And it's nobody's fault. It's definitely not your fault. It's no one's fault. Mm. She's fine now, you know. What do you eat? <laughs> what did you have for breakfast? <laughs> Gluten-free oats. We just, mm. Paige and I both just have oats <laughs> <laughs> with raisins <laughs> and some grated apple. Can she have sugar? Uh, I choose not to give her sugar. Um, Another, you should put in a ninth allergy. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And then what will she have for lunch? She had rice, chicken. So we just cook without, we mostly just cook with salt and pepper in our house because most of the spices have have um, gluten in. Or surprisingly, dairy is in a lot of things that you wouldn't know. Mm. Um, have you lost weight? Yes, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> because it's a healthier way of life. Yeah, I think, I mean, breastfeeding anyways, I think I was losing weight from the beginning. Now let me I know, tell you I know something. not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> breastfeeding did zero to my kilojoules. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad your baby's fine. Mm. 
No, it's amazing. What would you say to moms who who would like to follow an allergen-free lifestyle? Because I can imagine if you don't know, it's so overwhelming. And just telling me about it, it seems like you need to do your homework, you know? Yeah, I think at the beginning it was very overwhelming. I just didn't know what to do. And, you know, we went to the shops and all the foods were just double the price, you know, that we could have. But even then, I mean, you get a gluten-free bread that contains egg or is made with Mm. nut flour or you get uh, something that's dairy-free that then has gluten in. So I couldn't find any foods that were free of all eight. I just... And that was quite overwhelming for me. I was convinced I was going to starve to death. <laughs> no, yes. Um, but yeah, we didn't. I had to continue breastfeeding. Um, and one tiny mistake would make her react. Like once I ate popcorn that had aromat on it, which contains gluten, and she broke out in a rash about an hour later. She's 11 months now. Until what age would you want to breastfeed your baby? My goal is a year. But mm. I'll see if I can carry on. Unfortunately, she can't go onto any formula. She's um, except for the one, <laughs> the one that all allergy parents know about that it's too expensive to afford. Um, you, you you stop working. Yeah. Why is that? I think the well, the breastfeeding was one. I needed to continue, and I was I didn't know how I was going to keep it up being a teacher grade one and you know how am I gonna get the pumping schedule right and then the other one was we just couldn't we can't put her in a nursery because of all the foods I mean you can't expect them to sit her at a special table or what if another child's eating a biscuit next to her kind of thing do you think she'll outgrow it they're very hopeful they say the more careful you are the more higher the chance Mm -hmm. and also um, multiple food allergies often um, are less severe than if she would have just, say, a peanut allergy, for instance. Um, so, yeah, the doctor said 50% outgrow it by three years and a further, I think, 75% by six. Is it hard for you as a woman or a mom to have given up your own career to make sure your baby's fine? No. <laughs> At times it's hard. It's an identity thing. Of I, I love teaching. I was... I think I was good at it, you know, and that's Mm. what I did for, I've taught for 12 years now. And to pull out and everything is being a mom now. I think that was the hard thing. It wasn't hard to give it up for her, I don't think. No. (laughs) What's the most rewarding part about being Paige's mom? That I'm her favorite person in the whole world. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're together all the time. So I think mm. to to have that bond with this little person is so amazing. Mm. And, you know, even if I leave her at home with the dad, he says usually it takes about an hour and then she'll start crawling around the house looking for me. And that's that's very special. You made me hungry now. Oof, don't talk about food. <laughs> You're a great mom. Thanks. And... I think it's remarkable what you've done and the research and the time that you've put into this to make sure your baby's fine, you know, Mm. because she's flourishing. I mean, look at her. We, where we're sitting, we can see her through a glass. She's on the other side with her dad. What are your hopes and dreams for your baby? Well, I have lots of hopes and dreams. I think 
in the throes of it, I, I um I remember crying, saying to my husband, you know, how can she have a future? She can't, you know, we can't leave her. She's she's this is just it was that was my biggest fear actually. What's her future going to be like? And now to think that she can, you know, as long as it's managed, it's not cured, but she's her condition is managed that she can go and adventure and do what she wants with life and it's so amazing and you know that I'm actually this is a slight off topic but I'm seeing a mom next week who has three children in the same condition but they are about Mm -hmm. 10 years older than Paige and I'm actually helping her do um some baking and so on yeah and recipes and so on but you know those children don't really have a life they have to get in the summer they only go to school half day because their skin is so bad and you know it's terrible and, and mm. it it was such a scary thing for me to think that was going to be her life and you know the fact that it's not mm. <laughs> is so exciting and hopeful what do you think for you as a mom was your biggest change moment Whew. being tied down 24 <laughs> 7 mm. i think yeah that lack of freedom i mean you literally can't do anything that you want anymore and I remember people saying you know oh you you have to wait till someone comes to look after the baby to have a shower even and I was like no (laughs) I'll just put her in the you know on the floor and it's true like Mm. you just don't have your own time anymore and that's hard would you have another baby yes (laughs) (laughs) please God may you may you have another baby (laughs) thank you (laughs) For these and many other stories, you have to go to babybrunch.co.za. Our ordinary women who do extraordinary things. Just like Lydia. Wow. What a story. Paige is going to be awesome. Yeah, let's hope. (laughs) Baby Brunch is made just for you by Bright Rock. Becoming a parent changes everything, from your sleep schedule to your finances. That's why Brightrock's Needs Match Life Insurance lets you precisely craft a solution to cover your specific needs. From protecting your income to covering your debts and your child's future, because you pay just for the cover you need, you can get up to 40% more cover. So get the first ever Needs Matched Life Insurance that changes as your life changes. Go to brightrock.co.za. Brightrock Life is an authorized financial services provider and registered insurer. Terms and conditions apply.